the good thing about self-storage is like the add value so quick. So literally that first deal we bought was a five cap and six months later it was a 12 cap. Awesome, Alex. Awesome to meet you. I'm sitting here with Alex Casada. We just met here. Actually, Pace Morby introduced you to me. And I say this all the time, but Pace introduces me to the coolest people. And whenever Pace says, Jerry, you got to know this guy. You got to, you got to hear his story or, or do some content with him. I'm like, okay, if Pace says to do it, I'm going to do it because, uh, he won't say that unless he thinks you're a super cool guy. So thanks, Alex, for taking this time. And you're doing a unique strategy that I'm really excited to talk about. We've never talked about it here on the channel. As you know, Alex, a lot of the viewers here are wholesalers and flippers, and many of them are, are like trying to figure out what's my niche, what do I want to specialize in, and most people think, I did for the longest time, that you know it's all in single family, like that's where it's at, and I've you know obviously since learned over years that there are so many different subcategories of real estate, and many of these are really overlooked by people and can be amazing opportunities, yeah. you know, like mobile homes or uh, vacant land, things like that, that most people don't think about. You've done self-storage. Yep. Now you wholesale quite a bit. You've got an amazing wholesale business. You told me off camera that you're doing, you know, multifamily and Airbnb and, and holding some single families, yep. doing a lot of creative financing. So you've now built out a business where you're, you're expanding in these other areas. But first of all, thank you. And let's talk about self-storage. Let's do it. Um, I got self-storage from one of my mentees. Uh, I was already in mobile home parks and apartment buildings. And so he just asked me, like, how can I be involved in deals with you? So we educated ourselves first on self-storage and what it took and how to underwrite deals and look at deals. And we just started taking action right away. So we just started marketing right away. And literally with our first uh, marketing campaign, we were able to get our first deal. And in right in the middle of COVID, June 2020, we negotiated seller finance deal like 88% seller financing. So cool, yeah. It was the best. 2% interest only. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> we gave like three options to the seller, like, hey, these are the three things we could do, and he took the one that I thought was the best for him, for us. So I always say never assume like what somebody's, you know, what they're gonna do. And so he took a great deal that was made sense for him, and it made the most sense for us. So and it's a great deal. And I love something you told me off camera before we started. I, I asked you, I said, man, Alex, is, uh, is self-storage, is that like an advanced strategy? Like, is that something we could even talk about? Or is that kind of like, I do luxury and pe a lot of people think, oh, that's way out of my league when it's really not. You just yeah. need to learn a few more things. Yeah. And you said, no. In fact, it's almost exactly the same as regular wholesaling single family. It's just a different list. Yep. So let's talk about that. How can someone actually get into self-storage when that's like a big commercial asset and, and kind of feels, maybe seems a little overwhelming, yeah. and you said, actually, it's just the same basic concepts, yeah. just a little different. For sure. It's kind of like buying rental properties. And if you're looking at, you know, tar just t switching the list and targeting self people who own self-storage. And the ones we've been buying have been from mom and pop owners. So someone who most likely they've owned it, obviously, for a long time or maybe even built the property themselves. And you know, they're happy with the cash flow they've been getting because they probably own it free and clear, like our first deal. And, you know, it's 98% full, 100% full. They're not really trying to raise the rents. They're not really treating it like a business. It's just cash for them. And they're just taking the easy route. They don't really want to push the rents and do the automation, the things we can do to it to, to maximize the dollars on it. And so you're just identifying those, uh, finding that list, reaching out to all the sellers the same way you do with, you know, regular wholesaling, cold calling, 
uh, we got all our deals from direct mail, but direct mail, SMS, you can do all those things, have them reach out to you, collect all the info, and then just see what the ad value is. And so the good thing and uh, awesome thing about self-storage is your market is actually like three to five mile radius. So like not a lot of people are going to drive 10, 15, 20 miles to the next facility. So really like every three to five miles is a new market. Mm. So you can go into your market and just really identify the other self-storage facilities in the market, call them, we like secret shop them, like uh, see what their rates are. They don't post online. Uh, see how full they are. We'll pretend we, you know, sold a big estate home and we need to buy, get 10 units. How many do you have? And like, oh, we're all full. They're all full. They're all full. They're all full. Well, that's a good market because everybody's full. So there's a lot of demand yeah. and not a lot of supply. So we, we know we can raise rents and there's certain things we can do to maximize the value. So it's really just finding the deal, finding the mom and pop owner and, and just following up with them because it's time and circumstance of when they're going to be ready to sell and, just building a relationship with them. So Alex, it sounds almost exactly like a, t- a tired landlord. Yeah. So like, you know, um, absentee owner, tired landlord is one of my favorite single family type of uh, sellers, like motivated sellers. And so it sounds like it's almost identical. It's a, it's a mom and pop type person. They're, they, maybe they're probably not reinvesting back into the facility. So it might be a little dated or maybe a little rundown. They're not raising rents like they should. Yep. They're doing all the same things like a tired landlord does. They're kind of burned out. Maybe, maybe the kids don't want to work there anymore and they're tired of hiring and firing. Like all the same things. 100%. But it's just now a self storage unit or facility, right? Yeah. So that does make it feel really similar and really simple, just like doing a tired landlord. Exactly. That's really cool. Yeah. There's some different things, obviously, with expenses and stuff like that that you got to track. Mm-hmm. You know, you might have payroll um, that you won't have it on single family, but. You know, there it's literally the exact same thing. Just know your metrics of like what those expenses are. And so we ask for like, you know, their profit and loss statement, their rent roll, so we can review, you know, how much they're making and verify their income and their expenses and then determine the, the net operating income and then make offers based on that. That's very cool. And then like you said, creative financing. So now you're not even coming out of pocket with a lot of money on some of these. And I love that. One thing you said that I thought was really fascinating was you said if it's 100% occupied, that usually means they're undercharging for where the market's at. You should be more like around 90%. Yeah, we try to target around 90% because that allows us to maximize uh, the potential rent. So if I have the, you call the facilities, we do it like pretty much weekly, we track all the other facilities in the area and how, you know, their uh, availability. So if I'm the only one, if someone moves out of a 10 by 20 and I'm the only one in a five mile radius that has the last 10 by 20 in town <laughs> and they usually go for 200, we can charge 240 because we're the yeah. only one available. Yeah. So like it's called dynamic pricing and we just look at what's available on the market and there's softwares that we use like store track to um, you know track those things so we don't have to do it you know manually ourselves and then we just adjust pricing here and there and it allows us to maximize dollars and in in the market when there's too many maybe 5 by 10s we lower our pricing so that way we get the 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 customer instead of the neighbor because we're charging less. Very smart. On someone yeah. where there's so much supply. Man, it just, it feels like such common sense and not overly complicated, but it's just something that's overlooked. I've never done self-storage. That's fascinating to me. That's really cool. So, so you've started down this road, you got all your other things you're doing, and then you started to acquire another one and another one. And then this is really fascinating. I want you to share this story because you then said, okay, we got this handful of units of facilities. Let's now package this. And see if we can flip it to like a big player. Yeah. 
that like maybe has hundreds of these or maybe, maybe even thousands of these. Yeah. Tell us what that process was like. Yeah, so it was never my intention to sell. By the way, let me, are they, how do these cash flow like as a comparison? Uh, they cash flow, uh, so right in the beginning, like they're not cash flowing as well because we are uh, raising private money. We're paying prefs and, and whatnot. And so most of the money is going to the investor. Um, but the good thing about self-storage is like the ad value is so quick. So literally that first deal we bought was a five cap and six months later it was a 12 cap. And what'd you add value to? Just raise prices or did you do anything else? Uh, we raised prices that were significantly lower. We automated the facility. They were using this big uh, warehouse building for their other business, which is a tree business. And we rented out to an AC company. So it was immediately an extra $2,000 a month there. And gotcha. so with all the add value, that's when it started cash flowing. And okay. I think for the first year, the cash flow it generated, uh, free cash flow was like 36, 38,000, somewhere around there. And, um, so after that point, uh, well, we just do that with every facility. So yeah. we built up, uh, eight facilities. One's a development deal, but the other seven are, um, existing facilities that we did the add value mm-hmm. to the property. And so it was never my intention to package them and sell them. I wanted to, you know, have 5,000 doors. Keep them for cash flow. Keep them for cash flow, refinance. And I'm in another group, Mastermind for Self Storage. And there's a bunch of guys who package them up and sell them. And a lot of them in like the middle of nowhere and <laughs> towns in the Midwest and whatnot, yeah. I've never heard of. And they're packaging them up and getting great um, value for them, like even a lower cap rate because yeah. of putting them together in a portfolio. Are those 1031 buyers maybe? And uh, a lot that, of times they're yeah. like institutional buyers or like, yeah. um, you know, private equity. And they're happy at a five cap or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. Four cap, five cap, five six cap. cap. Back then, like probably if we were a little bit earlier, probably get a, probably got a four cap, but we came in uh, with potentially selling our property, like right as the interest rate started ticking up. So we're looking at a five cap for ours, but we packaged five of our eight uh, that we um, purchased and put it on the market and got a you know a, an LOI. We just yeah. negotiated a PSA, which hopefully should be signed like today or next week, early <laughs> next week, and uh, we'll almost like double what we put so into. So do you it. mind sharing like what you were into it for and what you're flipping it for? Because this is this is really fun. I'll give you like rough numbers. Yeah, um, you have, like, yeah. So okay. rough numbers is like. We're all in like eight million, mm-hmm. and like it should be like sixteen million. Guys, you catch that? Five units, eight million, all in. Flipping, you basically a fix and flip, right? Yeah. Because you added value to it. Now you're selling it for twice that, sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. And you're gonna flip this this five package for eight million dollars. That is so cool, guys. Leave a comment and tell Alex how cool that is and how excited you are for him. Alex, you're a flipping genius, like mega flipping genius. Super cool, and. What's fun though is I'm like, okay, now what? And you're like, rinse and repeat. We're going to go back into the market because deals are going to be coming out. Yes. And when you know real estate and you know structure, you're looking now the same way I am. You're looking at a market correction and you're going like this. You're like, oh my gosh, this is going to be so fun. This can be so exciting because I know creative. I know how to structure and I know how to get deals. And when you know how to get deals and structure and raise money, yep. a down market is like a heyday because you know you're going to be buying at the bottom again and you're gonna write it back up and do something just like that, flip it for double your money. 100%, yeah. Isn't that fun? It's amazing. I, I, I got into it like right when things were just coming up, like yeah. in 2011, and so 
I was I wholesaled everything. I wholesaled so many deals in Orlando here for like 20, 30K purchase prices yeah. that are now houses are 200, 250K. So you're like me, you're looking in the rear room, you're going, why didn't I keep one out of 10? Yeah, for <laughs> sure. And I didn't, I didn't know, I just started, but now I was like been waiting for this moment. And yeah. so I have, you know, plenty of uh, private capital ready to go who trust in me that I can deliver and perform. And so, you know, we're definitely eager to, uh, to take advantage about what's coming. That's so cool, guys. Man, that's awesome. I hope you guys really appreciate that and see how cool that is that you did that, Alex. I mean, that's that's something special to be able to do a flip like that. And I'm excited to see you now redeploy that capital into buying again and value add again and see where you can go with it. You know, yeah. isn't that fun? So if you're talking to somebody right now, I'd, I'd love to hear your perspective on this, Alex. Uh, a lot of people watching the channel are working on their first deal or they're trying to like go to the next level and grow their business. What would be your number one piece of advice to somebody that's working on their first deal or trying to get their business off the ground? What could you share with someone that's been transformational maybe for you? Yeah, the two things for me that was very transformational is like education and then reinvesting into yourself with education and your deals. Like I literally was driving a shitty car, living in not the best house, like for a long time. Yeah. I was reinvested. it. Yeah, for sure. And I was like pushing myself to like buy more properties, buy more deals and reinvest in marketing, reinvest in employees and people, education. Like I probably spent like a hundred K this year on masterminds and coaching and events. Yeah. And I did that back in the day when I was putting it on a credit card. Like, Cause you saw the value in super value. mentorship and the right connections. I mean, yeah. you said the reason why you packaged and flipped this deal for an $8 million flip was because you learned that at a mastermind, you probably talked to the right people about how to package it. Yeah. And you would not have probably done that had you not learned that from your mastermind, yeah. right? I, to me, I was like, I don't want to do just, cause to me it was like a big flip. I'm yeah. like, I didn't buy self storage just to do big flips. Like I, like I make good money on the wholesale business. I want to keep these things, but then they, they're like, you have to look at your return on equity. You have so much equity and they're trapped and you're making 30K a, a year split between partners, 30, 40K a year split between partners when you have like a million and a half sitting there trapped. Like what's the yeah. ROI on that? Yeah. Very low. He's like, you need to get rid of these, sell them, especially Especially if you're a deal maker yes. and, a, and you're good at structure because- that cash flow those things are making is fine and it's fantastic. And if you want to just be passive, great. But you got energy, you got passion, and you're willing to do the work. So because you know how to find and structure deals, you'd rather pull that equity out in the form of profit from flipping it and go re-maximize those profits into even more. And I have a feeling like if we have a conversation in, you know, 18 months from now or whatever, you're going to say, yeah, that 8 million, we turned that into 20 million or 30 million or whatever. And it's because, again, you know how to find deals and structure deals. That is the most number one skill I think people can learn. If you can learn how to find and put deals together, creative and otherwise, there's no end to what you can do in real estate, right? 100%. That's so cool. So I love you said that. Um, You guys, Alex has a YouTube channel. He's been putting out some really amazing content. We'll put the link below. And guys, go subscribe to Alex. Uh, Follow him on social. He's He's really sharing a lot. Thank you for doing that. It's, I think it's amazing when um, you have this great success and you're willing to share that with others. I think it comes back full circle. It has for me. Likewise, and, yeah. And, and you're seeing that too, so that's amazing. And uh, again, thank you guys for watching this video. Keep crushing it, Alex, and we'll see you on the next video.